Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat, cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to The Leo Effects. Today, I am joined by a very prestigious guest, a guy that you may have recognized from uh, a certain movie involving a certain superhero, but he didn't play the superhero. He played the better role, in my opinion. But today, I'm joined by Jack O'Halloran. How are you doing, sir? I'm very well, thank you. And yourself? I'm doing very well as... You know, can't complain. It's almost Christmas, so we're we're rolling up on the holidays. It's always a good time of year. For sure. For sure. So I think the first question that we should uh, get out there, have you answer, would be, what do you feel you might be most known for? Wow. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty well known for boxing, for sports, and, uh, and I'm very well known for the film industry. Superman was a huge movie. Dragnet mm-hmm. was a good movie. King Kong was a good movie. Farewell, My Lovely was a good movie. Uh, I've, uh, I've been pretty fortunate in the films that I've done. And uh, now I've written a book called Family Legacy, which is a pretty popular book on Amazon. And we're getting ready to make a movie out of that. So I've, uh, And we're building a studio in Nevada. Or have been pretty busy here lately. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> what was it that inspired you to get up and be an actor one day after? Because you were a boxer first, right? At first, I played football, then I boxed, and um, and they um, when I was in my boxing career, and I had just knocked out Manuel Ramos, who was ranked number two in the world in L.A., and they offered me the great white hope to do with James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. Right. And I turned him down. They couldn't believe that I turned him down. James Earl Jones couldn't believe it. <laughs> I had, prior to that, I had, I was living, I was boxing out of Boston and Steve McQueen did the Thomas crown affair up there. And he and I became good friends and he wanted me to go to work on the Thomas crown affair. And I, I turned that down. And um, so I, I don't know, I just didn't feel that I was ready for the industry. And then when I retired from boxing, they came to me 
to do a picture, Farewell, My Lovely, starring with Robert Mitchum. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, you know, I think it's about time. So I blame it all on Mitchum. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Got to blame somebody. <laughs> and that yeah, was that was 1975, right? That 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 movie. Was... 1975. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Holy crow! You you've been in this for a while. 42 years. So 44. Yeah. yeah. So would you say that uh, thing, or rather, what is your opinion on how movies are done nowadays with all the? cgi and stuff because you you played uh... well i think i think that the technology is there to really do some great things which we're going to do mm-hmm. but i think that a lot of it's been abused and i think the worst the thing the the worst part of the whole deal is that you have a lot of nba guys running the studios today there's no creativity there that's why they keep remaking things and stuff and they uh so there's a lot of independent films being made and for the better, mm-hmm. um, a lot of creativity is going back into the industry. Uh, we're building a huge studio in Nevada, like a four million square foot studio, which for the first time, all all technologies, all elements of entertainment, from uh, music to streaming to television to films, uh, database, the whole nine yards will be under one roof. And we're going to put a smart city right next to it because we're looking to employ from twenty to twenty-five thousand people. Wow! We we'll only have to go fifteen minutes to work, which is brilliant, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, that's great. So we've got a lot of great, and it's something that should have been done like thirty years ago. But uh, we've gotten the piece of property, we place to do it, and everybody's on board. So. I think it's going to work out very well. Wow. Now, is that going to be in, um, like, down in the Strip area, or? It would be in Nevada. No, it would be in a place called Apex, which is about 15 minutes north of uh, Las Vegas. Right, yep. Uh, lots of uh, sand dunes and things like that out there. Yeah, we've been given 2,000 acres of property there, so. Wow. We're going to put everything under sun under one place and put old back lots back in place for low-budget movies. People will not have to go on location ever again. That's crazy. You'll be able to do anything, any movie, anything you want to do, you'll be able to do in one spot for the first time. That's... Be a water body there, be whatever. That's everything revolutionary. Will be under one yeah. No, it's going to be great. Now, do you wish that... Um... Back when you played uh, uh, Non in Superman, do you wish that they had this level of computer graphics? Well, you know, when we did Non, when we did the Superman movies, we first of all had to do them in London because they had the stage, that they had the 007 stage, which is big enough to do some of the stuff that they needed to do. And um, we broke a lot of technology rules when we did Superman film. That's why it's such a great film. You know, we didn't use CGI. They did what they call Vista Vision on Vista Vision, Zorn, Zoptic Vision. And it was it was long and tedious to shoot it, but it was uh it actually worked out terrifically. Like we 
we shot Vista Division on Vista Division where we had a big 70-foot screen with pole arms coming out of it. And we laid in body molds off the pole arms and had movements to where we were flying around buildings and under bridges. And uh, and it came out on film terrifically. I mean, it just was, was, it, was it looked like because you couldn't see any wires where people wondered how we flew around the buildings and underneath the bridges and stuff. And it uh, it was great. You know, the the technology enhanced tremendously since then, but um, sometimes they they do too much CGI, and sometimes they they just there's things you can do with holograms now that uh, are going to be phenomenal. You know, to do we're looking to do another Superman movie and bring back Christopher Reeve and and nice. the three villains. Then we have a storyline that's going to be a mind blower. It's a it's a terrific storyline. It's going to work really well. So there's a lot of things that are going to we're looking to do that uh, to enhance the film, you know, for entertainment for people. You know. Mm-hmm. That sounds amazing. Yeah, which is the name of the game. You've done all kinds of different types of movies, from sci-fi to war movies, and you know, all kinds of, what would you say your favorite genre is? I, you know, uh, I really liked the, the film I did, Farewell, My Lovely, with Mitchum. It was, uh, it was a 40s period. It was just was a great script. Uh, he was great to work with, and we had a great cast. Hired Dean Stanton and uh, John Ireland, and there was um, uh, Charlotte Rampling, uh, it was just, we just had a great cast and we had a great crew and, uh, and it worked out really well. You know, it was, uh, and I, uh, the Superman movies were great mm-hmm. because they, we knew when we were doing them, they were going to be that good. Uh, and they, I mean, they've stood up all these years and they, the stuff they're doing today doesn't touch them. Right, you know, right. And I don't think they'll find another Christopher Reeve. Richard Donner did an amazing job with him. I mean, he was, that's the first big movie he ever did, but Donner was an amazing director mm-hmm. and he got a performance. He got a performance out of Chris to do Superman and Clark Kent. That would just, it was just spot on. It just really worked well, you know? So yeah, it was, uh, it had to be a great, the first two movies were, were brilliant. That's just brilliant. That's amazing. Like to you know, talk to King somebody. Kong was a great movie. Kong was a good movie with Jessica Lange. Yeah, yeah, that was a pretty good movie. Dragnet was a great film with Danny Aykroyd and Tom Hanks. Right. Yeah, I bet that one was fun. Was there any uh, fun behind the you scenes know, stories with that one? God, yeah, Danny Aykroyd. Was, I mean, he had. You could watch that movie fifty times, and you still would miss some of his one-liners. <laughs> I'm and sure he was just he was he's such a fun guy to work with and Tom Hanks it was a breakthrough movie for Hanks and you know Tom's a great guy and he's a he's a great actor we had yeah. a lot of fun doing the movie did you did you three get into any trouble behind the scenes no man everybody it was uh everybody worked on that film very well it just worked out it was a it was a night Tom Mankiewicz was the director it was and I knew him from Superman, mm-hmm. so uh, it was it was it was a good deal. It was a good movie. I liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. That's cool. 
And so you kind of touched on it earlier a little bit, and uh, you were talking about your book and uh, adapting that into a, a movie. Would you like to elaborate on that a little bit as to what that book's about? Yeah, well, and... yeah, um, my father was uh, was probably one of the more sincere Italians to come into the country. <laughs> uh, he was partners with, uh, with Meyer Lansky and Costello and Charlie Luciana and um, Howard Anastasia, and he was head of a little company called Murder Incorporated. And they, um, it was a time when what we've done is instead of just doing a mob deal, we show how the country, like from 1900 on to 1960, the government, industry, the unions, and organized crime were all partners. You know, they, they all helped each other. And the uh, the organized crime element in those days, a lot of the illicit monies they made, they invested back into the growth of the country. They created a lot of jobs, the waterfronts they, they controlled, construction companies. Uh, they put a lot of people to work because they, and they invested in GE and they invested in insurance companies and they invested in the growth of a nation. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the jobs they created was because their initiation into America was the money came from loan sharking and gambling and, uh, uh, extortion, you know, but they didn't, they weren't into drugs in the beginning. And they, they, um, so they, you know, they, they all interfaced and worked together and, you know, the streets were safer. You didn't, I mean, when I was a boy being raised in Philadelphia, we never locked our front door, you know, right. and you, you kids played in the street from sun up to sundown, you know, and you could leave baby prams out front. I mean, people actually in row homes in the cities, it was so hot in the summertime, you know, who had air conditioner? People slept outside in their yards instead wow. of cots and little tents. And I mean, the, so the, the safety of, of people is that there was no invasion of homes or drive-by shootings or any of that jazz. You know, neighborhoods were a lot safer. It was, uh, it was a different, whole different element of things when when certain people ran the streets and took care of their neighborhoods. Dang. Know? Yeah, like, so it's, that's crazy to think about. Today, yeah, yeah, for real. So, I mean, it's, you know... Today you're lucky you drive you're walking down the street, people drive by and shoot people. Right. You know, it's, yeah. It's it's gotten kind of really crazy, you know. It's like nuts. Yeah. Uh we who will be uh playing the role of your your dad in that movie? Is that gonna be you? I you know we're we're looking at that character and uh it, it, the book is really kind of good because it's from my childhood up into my father's death and then we tell the truth about the Kennedy assassination. Okay. And it's going to open a lot of people's minds. And, you know, they, there's a there's a lot of truth we're going to tell about certain things that happened in the country that everyone's looked for answers for. You know, and I, wow. I, I, I look at the movie, I look at a movie they just did, The Irishman, which is 50%, 50% of his, his, his total bull, Hollywood, you know? Oh, really? Uh, well, Scorsese answered questions about who shot Hoffa and who shot Joe Gallo, and the answers were lies, because uh, 
the guy that they, uh, Frank Shearer, and I, I knew Frank Shearer well. He was from Philadelphia. And he never shot Hoffa, and he never shot Joe Gallo. But he was, he did work with Russell Buffalino. I knew Russell Buffalino well. And Buffalino's brother, Billy Buffalino, was Jimmy Hoffa's lawyer. And I knew Jimmy Hoffa very well. So uh, the story that they told in The Irishman is about 50% true. Buffalino was a powerful guy. He was a political don. He was very well connected to Washington. And, uh, but he came originally from Buffalo. Uh, and Buffalo was run by the Magadino family, who were cousins of mine. So I, you know, I knew Russell quite well. And, you know, he was a, a uh, very intelligent guy, made a lot of money, but he was the political connection. He gotcha. lived in Pennsylvania, worked in Pennsylvania. But, you know, when I when I seen the movie, I mean, how do you have Bobby De Niro play Frank Sheeran? Frank Sheeran was my size. He was about six foot four, you know. Oh, wow. And he was, and so, and De Niro played him with huge lifts on his shoes, but even that wouldn't give him the height. And and how do you get uh, Al Pacino to play Jimmy Hoppe? Al Pacino looks Italian. Hoppe didn't look Italian. <laughs> Hoppe'd be turning over in his grave, for God's sake. You know, <laughs> oh, I guess, yeah. Joe Plessy Joe did a great job playing Russell, but Russell was a little bit more stylish than that. And he was uh, Russell was a very bright guy. You know, I liked Russell a lot. Gotcha. Dang. So, he, you know, so what we're going to do is open the doors up and tell the truth, how, how people were interfaced in, in the development of, of the greatness of our country, you know? Right. Yeah. I think that's a, a, a fact that people kind of gloss over cause they don't want to admit that it had anything to do with the mob at all. Well, that's, you know, because of the, the paint, the picture that's painted was painted, you know, and you, you, you take, uh, you take a look at the Kennedys and they made this whole Camelot deal. And, uh, if you were, if you wanted to say who was the one person that would be responsible for the death of Jack Kennedy, it was his father. His mm. father made a tremendous amount of enemies and, and his father, and this is a true fact, Jack Kennedy would not have lived out his term. He was dying of four different diseases. They used to shoot him up every day. Because oh. he's, he was one of the diseases he had was the Addison's disease, which is deterioration of your whole spinal cord, your back. So he, he was in a lot of pain. And, you know, he was, but he was a great politician. But his father, his father, you got to go back to the story of Joe Kennedy. And, you know, Joe Kennedy was a very, very bright banker. And he married a very powerful family when he married Rose Fitzgerald. Her father, Honey Fitzgerald, ran Boston. He controlled the Boston Harbor. He was he was uh controlled the the bank. Uh he he was he was the the Boston no, he was a very powerful man. Uh and Joe Kennedy Joe Kennedy opened up a bootlegging business up in Canada in the twenties with a guy from New Jersey who owned Fleischmann liquor and they owned a warehouse. And uh, they were bringing, they were bootlegging into America because Honey Fitzgerald got all the booze from from Scotland and Ireland and all. He brought all that whiskey into Boston, and Joe Kennedy was taking it up into Canada and then bringing it back down into the country. 
bootlegger. Dang. And they stole a load of booze that belonged to a gang called the Purple Gang one time. And they said he was a dead man. And he, he ran to his father-in-law and his father-in-law said, I, I can't help you. So he had to go to Chicago. And the old, the first Don of Chicago sat him down and said, you know, you're a really great earner, kid. He said, you know, you go back to Boston and I'll take care of the Purple Gang. But you belong to us now. So he was under uh-huh. thumb to Chicago for years. I mean, they they sent him to Hollywood. A lot of people don't even notice it. They sent him out to Hollywood. He got hooked up with Randolph Hearst. And he was responsible. Joe was a very bright guy. He was responsible for the formation of RKO Studios because he put together the Jewish theater owners. Oh. And he was a banker. And the industry was controlled by by a mob because we controlled the cinematographers union. So, and you know, and, and Wasserman, who was came later in in life, he was our guy. They brought him out from. He originally started from Cleveland, then he went to Chicago, and they sent him to California to run Universal Studios. Wow, just a lot of things that people you know, had no understanding of that, that need, uh, that needs truth. A lot of truth needs to be told. We're going to do it. That's so a, the that's, series, that's great. The, series, the television series will, the television series will make, uh, Sopranos and Boardwalk Empire look like children games. Like we're, we're going to really open up the country different places. And the, the series will run from place to place. And, It'll uh, tell a lot of truth, so it's going to be quite good. Yeah, that that would be amazing because, I mean, almost everything you just talked about, I had no idea of, so I feel like a lot of people out there would say the same thing. So I think that's going to be amazing. You you ever looked at the history of of the Kennedy family, and then Joe Kennedy Kennedy in 1926, they... uh, America, America was America was becoming a superpower. We after World War One, we got into the development of war surplus. We started manufacturing because we had an army, a navy, and and you know uh, an air force, and we were we were a, a power to be reckoned with. So we started manufacturing, which took a lot of jobs away from Europe. And you have to understand that. When this country started out and the growth of the country was financed by Europe, 85% of the revenue stream that, that, that was invested in America came through the Bank of England through, through the Geneva set down of all the powerhouses of revenue and they invested in America. Mm-hmm. And in 1946, they felt they weren't getting their returns back properly. And that America was taking jobs away because we started manufacturing war surplus. And uh, so they, there was a place called the Hamilton Club, which was a political stronghold of Chicago, which was like the New York Athletic Club in New York. Mm-hmm. And these guys were powerhouse, and they grabbed Joe Kennedy one day and they said, you know, we're, we want you to create a short sell. Again, they aimed at it 30 companies out of Europe that were screaming and hollering at us, not giving them back enough money and stuff. So 
they created the short cell, and the short cell worked extremely well. And they, they did a test thing. Joe Kennedy stole $5 million in common share stock out of Pathy Newsroom one day. No one ever caught it or saw it. So they said, to him, wow, what a great job. And then they did him, did him the job to do the short sell. And he does the short sell. And they did it for a week. They made a fortune. They took off a couple of days or coming back. But in the, in the time of that, the country panicked. And we had what you call the crash and the depression. And it wasn't oh, aimed. Okay. It was the result of it. And when the, when the, the crash was over, the government said to Joe Kennedy, well, you know, you did such a great job there for us. Uh, now we want you to rebuild the SEC because they knew all those companies in Europe had to reinvest to get their money back in America. And one of the companies that was bankrupt was a bank company that was owned by the Rothschilds. It was run by Black Jack Bouvier, who was Jackie Kennedy's father. And oh. he and his uncle... He and his uncle and his father went bankrupt, and he drank himself to death. And her mother never forgave the Kennedys for that. And she groomed her daughter to marry Jack Kennedy. Wow. To get her money. There's just so many stories that have never been truly told. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like like you're sitting on a gold mine. (laughs) uh, I think it's going to work. I mean, the public loves the truth, and they're so tired of being fed stories by the media that no one ever tells the truth. So it's time, and there's a lot of people that lived, still alive, that lived through these time frames that saw things and always wondered why the real truth was never told. Right. So we have an audience. We have an audience for films and television from 100 all the way down to. 16 because there are stories that were passed down through generations from family to family that no one ever talks about. There mm-hmm. were things that were talked about but from grandfathers to sons to their sons to their sons. Everybody has stories that their families told them of things that happened when they were growing up, you know? Yeah. Wow. And the changes that happened in the country. So it's going to be quite... Uh, yeah, quite enlightening. It's quite good. Yeah, I can't wait to check that out whenever it all gets finalized. There's a book called Family Legacy. It's on Amazon. It worked, and it, it's uh, it's a great read, actually. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're approaching the end of my show here. Actually, if you can believe it or not, we we booked it right through that time. But I just uh, wanted to give you an opportunity. Is there anywhere that people could? Um, kind of follow along with what you got going on? Like, do you have any Facebook pages or is there yeah, websites? Family Legacy, FamilyLegacyTheNovel.com is a good site. Okay. And then we have Anastasia, Anastasia Media Group is going up. Uh, that's who's building the studio and films that we're going to do. And we've got, um, we've got several different films that we're going to come out with that are quite good and, it's uh yeah we've been pretty busy cool sounds great it sounds like uh people are just gonna have to get on there check it out follow that along but before i wrap things up for good i just want to say that you know it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on and kind of shed some light on some things that 
have been hidden in the, the background there for a while. So thank you so much. My pleasure. And thank you to all the listeners who tuned in and checked all this out. And make sure to go and check out the website and order that book. Get, get some knowledge. Get you some knowledge. We will see you all later. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creatures of all ages, what an amazing show. Thank you for lending an ear and joining us. I'm the host, Ray Rumsey, and if you want to hear more interviews, simply head to anywhere podcasts are heard, Facebook or Twitter, and search The Leo Effects, with an A, not an E. If you'd like to hear me doing silly voices and making a general fool of myself, head over to Shattered Dungeons on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We live stream every Tuesday night. More projects are in the works. For now, stay tuned for more interviews. To book yourself as a guest, you can head to theleoeffects.wixsite.com slash podcast or send me an email at theleoeffects at gmail.com. Remember, this has been The Leo Effects, and great shows require great listeners just like you. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.